Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We completed Chapter 11, Vishwarupa Darshan. Now we have started discussing Chapter 12, Bhakti Yoga. So we have learned so far in Bhagavad Gita about our limited self in the first portion of the Bhagavad Gita up to Chapter 5. Then it culminated into Dhyana Yoga. Once you know about the makeup of your being, you have to contemplate upon who I am then. Everything we learned in that portion says that that which I consider myself so far is not me. Everything I have considered so far as me is this body, this mind, this intellect, my accomplishment, my relationships. All this I consider to be me and it turned out it is not me. I is something other than all these things. So contemplate upon the idea about who I am, that I am something other than this body, other than this mind, other than this intellect. And in that contemplation, what I find is myself. When I negate all the things which I currently consider as me, but turned out to be my equipment, my achievement, my accomplishment, my relationship, you negate all of that, and then what is left is me. And that I is no different than the Supreme I. That's what we learned in that segment of Bhagavad Gita. So the next segment which we embarked on learning was to know about the nature of the Supreme Self and how I can relate myself to the Supreme Self. So we have learned that His nature is imperishable, immutable, all-pervading, omnipresent, omniscient. And everything in my world that I know is strung into Him, like the beads and necklace. So that segment, after discussing the nature of the self, ended into a chapter 11 which showed the totality of that reason. If I have that identification not with the limited self, but with the greater self, what will be my reason of that Supreme Purusha, the ultimate being, that everything will be included in it. Once I have that understanding of the relationship between my limited self and that Supreme Self, it has to end into devotion toward the Supreme Self. So once I identify with the Supreme Self, I'll be devoted to that Supreme Self. So the next chapter, Bhakti Yoga, Yoga of Devotion. But most of us really get scared by the very word Bhakti. Because unlike the Jnana and a Karma, where I have some control over it, I have control over actions, at least I know that when I want to act, I will have ability to act and it will be my will to engage in actions. 
so I can motivate myself to act. So there is something I can do about it. Gnana, same way, I think I have some control over it. I can learn when I want to know. If I think I'm ignorant about something and I really want to become knowledgeable, there are means available to me. And if I can engage in it, then obviously I will get the knowledge. So Gnana and Karma, we feel somewhat comfortable because we have something to say about it. How I engage into it. When it comes to Bhakti, we are completely lost. Bhakti is an emotional response. And emotions are not something I have control over. That's what I learned all my life. That why did you do that, Neil? Because I couldn't control my emotions. You know? I cried in public or I got angry in public. Emotions is something we are afraid that we may not have control over it. So bhakti is an emotional response to something or someone I identify with. When I identify with someone, my emotional response is to like him or her or it. So that's an emotional response and that we are very unsure about. That's why we get afraid of it. Everybody says, love God. Every religion says, love God. Every teacher says, you should love God. But how should I love God? Nobody has been very clear about Love does not come because I try hard. Try to love someone is very difficult thing. Neil, you should love him. But I don't like him. End of the story. So we are very unsure about how I can engage myself in Bhakti Yoga. So therefore, the many, many teachers have defined Bhakti in different ways. There is a very authoritative book called Narada Bhakti Shatra. There are 84 verses in it or statements in it. We see what bhakti is all about. And then there are various sages have defined bhakti in different ways. Veda Vyasa says the worship of Lord with love and attachment is bhakti. That comes something naturally. With firm attachment to Lord, that's bhakti. Garga says Lord's glory. I like to listen to Lord's glory. I like to listen to Bhagavatam, listening to Puranas and stories. That's bhakti. Then Shandilya says the devotion for God not opposed to the attachment to the inner self is bhakti. My attachment to myself is not opposed to my love to the God. So Shandilya says that. In Narada said that tat arpitam akhila achara when I offer all my actions to him and a very thought that I am not attached to him makes me very upset is bhakti. When I think that I'm away from him, that very thought makes me nervous. That very thought makes me unhappy. He says that's bhakti. You want to be constantly in connection with him and offer everything that I have to him is bhakti. So each one has defined bhakti differently. But common to all, they say Without Gnana Bhakti is not possible. Without knowing about the Supreme Self, the devotion to that is not possible. Naraji goes even further and says, Bhakti without knowledge is like the illicit love a couple engage in. Mm-hmm. Swamiji says that Bhakti without Gnana is like 
an artificial flower which is beauty but no fragrance so bhakti without knowledge is a superficial act of loving something for my pleasure only narad ji says illicit love is for my pleasure only there is no thought about giving pleasure to the other so bhakti can only be developed through knowledge and therefore now there are two paths one is called nirguna bhakti one called saguna bhakti one i can worship the lord with all the attributes that i learned in scriptures and from my culture and say krishna is the embodiment of love embodiment of god and therefore i love krishna that's saguna bhakti nirguna bhakti is what we have been learning about vedanta which says the lord is imperishable indescribable have no form no shape no color that's nirguna bhakti so chapter starts with arjuna's question arjuna vacha evam satata yuktaha ye bhaktaha tvam paryupasate echa api aksaram avyaktam tesam ke yoga vittamaha last chapter bhagwan ended with saying this reason which you have seen of the totality is not possible by learning veda by doing tapas by doing charity by doing good actions is not enough to get to the vision of totality but he says there is one path bhaktyatu ananyaya shakya it is only possible by single pointed devotion bhaktyatu ananyaya shakya and then he says become my devotee offer all actions to me so now arjuna has a question all this time up to 11 chapters he talked about the imperishable brahman who cannot be described now you are saying just offer all your actions to me and be my devotee and you will be fine evam satata yuktaha ye pariyupasata bhaktaha tvam those devotees of yours who are single pointedly devoting themselves to you and then there are others echapi aksaram avyaktam those others who are devoting themselves to that aksharam imperishable an avyaktam unmanifested arjuna says i can see you and we at least can say that we have this pictures of paintings and we know what krishna looks like at least we have an imagination so i devote myself to that a form in my mind and i devote all my actions to him all myself to him but then there are others who said no the god does not have any form is unmanifested and that's the god i'm trying to achieve in my meditation in my contemplation is which one is tesam ke yoga vittamaha who is much better in yoga who is much closer to achieving his goal this is a debate about murti puja versus other means of attaining bhagwan is basically asking is it okay idol worshiping is it okay that i have a personal god and if i just devote myself to personal god am i inferior than those who are devoting themselves to the supreme all pervading god so bhagwan answers 
मई आवेश्य मनो एमाम नित्य युक्ता उपासते श्रद्धया परया उपेता ते में युक्त तमामता But it's an avesh is completely engrossed into that thought, that penetrating thought, which completely identifies me with that thought. Then the I and the object I'm thinking about become one. So the mai avesh mana, your mind should be completely fixed on me. In other words, you can't feel even a difference between whether I am doing this or Krishna is doing this. mam nitya yukta always engaged into this not sometimes not on the ekadashi day but all days when we do some puja and say this is i offering to you it's a rest rest is mine it's idam namama this is not for me rest is mine three priest got together they say how do you divide all the money which comes to the temple the one said it is very simple we draw a circle then what the money comes is thrown in the air those which falls within the circle are bhagwans for outside is our so we take those over other one said that's a wrong way to do it we do the same but we draw a circle we throw the money up and water falls in the circle are ours what falls outside is bhagwans tarun said you both are wrong where do you where do you think bhagwan is here no he's up right So we throw all the money, give it to him. Take whatever we want to take. Whatever he doesn't take, we take his prasad. Why give only portion of it? Give all of it to him. If he doesn't want, give it back to you. So that's why I said, the one who is constantly giving all to him, mai avesya manaha imam. nitya yukta upasade constantly worshiping me sraddaya parayaha upetaha te with faith so there are three qualities he describe for a bhakta here first one is mind fixed on him mai avesya mana then constantly worshiping single pointedly constantly worshiping and with faith so that's where we all have trouble everybody says this but maybe let's try it out as you heard mina saying that when i was in college the exam day he said i don't have time but you go to sai baba's temple and try it out you know i'm studying hard but there is no harm in as a factor of safety okay <laughs> but you don't have complete faith that just going to sai baba's temple i'll get through my exam <laughs> yeah so say no no not as a factor said so a complete faith and swami ji describes here the faith is obviously defined many many different ways but bhagwan shankaracharya says that faith in my teacher and in the words of the scriptures so that my learning of the truth becomes easier for me anything which i am learning or trying to achieve if i have faith in my instructor somebody who is giving me instruction 
If we don't have faith in the first place, it's difficult. Priyaji said, first time they showed up at Chinma Somanath, they were completely flabbergasted. These two young people, 28 and 29, showed up as Acharyas. You know. So it's difficult to develop Sraddha. What they will say will have some value in it. Unless you have Sraddha in your teacher, and the words of wisdom you are going to learn, no learning ever takes place. So therefore he said, Sraddhaya Parayaha Upetaha, with supreme faith, not just Sraddha, Parayaha, supreme faith. If you have supreme faith that Krishna is the way, supreme faith that He is the Lord, my mind should be fixed on Him alone and alone on Him. And Nityakta, constantly, there is never a doubt. We have little faith, but then I don't know, he may be on vacation when I am in trouble. Let me be prepared, you know, in case he is not available. In my opinion, they are established in yoga completely. He clearly said it's best to have faith in Saguna Brahman. That's Krishna says, in my opinion. However, etu aksaram nirdeshyam avyaktam pariupasate. And those who are worshipping the akshara, imperishable, or nirdeshya, cannot be described. I'm trying to fall in love with someone, cannot be described. I had some people on H1B, they want to get married, they go to India. So they obviously get some photographs. So they are already shortlisted before they go to India. And out of 20 applications, 5 are described. He already has formed a picture in his mind what she will look like. But let's say the parents in the 21st application which we cannot tell you anything about. But that's the one we want you to fall in love with. We are not going to give you any biodata. We are not going to send you any picture. We are not going to tell you who she is. But that's the one we recommend. He said, well, not possible. You need to tell me. So here Bhagavan said, those who are worshipping the imperishable, who is nirdesha, no guru can come and tell you what this rupa is, or nirvacha, or nirdesha, pariyupasate, but those bhaktas who are worshipping that supreme, which is indefinable, sarvatragam, all-pervading, achintyam, Cannot be thought of. Krishna, we can think about him. All his leelas, we can think about what he did. Kaliyam Vardhan, Putna Vad, Rasa Leela. We can think about him. But think about the all-pervading God. Well, I can't think about I can't think about the universal self without the universe. You take the universe out, self is gone. I can think about the room space in reference to the room walls, floor, universal space. Only I can think about in reference to the universe. Take the universe out, you can't think about any space. But those who are worshipping that kutas thumb, unmovable, I can only move, there is a space around me. But if I am all pervading, there is nowhere to move. You are all pervading on your chair. Within your chair you can move because you are all pervading in the chair. Kutastam, you are firmly established in your chair. The Supreme is Kutastam. He can move anywhere. There is nothing but Him. 
and no space for him to move. Achalam, therefore immovable, firmly established in himself, immovable, imperishable, sarvatragam, anirdesham, avyaktam. How can you worship that? Samniyam indriya gramam, by controlling all your senses. Indriya gramam, gramam is village. The bunch of indriyas make indriya gram. All the indriyas, in other words, nothing left out. Controlling all the indriya. The purpose of the indriyas is to perceive things and beings outside and experience the world of plurality. We are negating plurality here. So you have to make all those senses useless. Don't be functioning right now. There is no use for this indriya. Samniyam indriya gramam. Sarvatra samabuddhayaha and everywhere becoming even-minded. Your intellect says that even though my eyes see plurality, my ear hear plurality, but there is only one exist. Sarvatra samabuddhayaha. I see everything is one and one alone, manifesting as many, but I do not accept that manifestation is the reality. I accept one which causes the reality to manifest for my senses is the reality. Te prapnuvantu mameva sarvabhuta hiterataha. They also attain me because of their reason of oneness that they cannot see any difference between him and the world. Therefore, no other way to act in this world but sarvabhuta hiterataha. I see myself is just the extension of him and therefore I cannot see any enmity. I do not have any conflict within my body between different limbs. One may be broken, other is good, but they are working in cooperation with each other because there is no enmity among themselves. Left hand is not jealous of right hand. That level of understanding when I develop Bhagavan said, they also attain me. So both will attain the same result, Bhagwan says, but Saguna Rupa is easier. With that we'll stop here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu मा कश्चित दुख भाग बवे ओम शांति ही शांति ही शांति ही हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम